0: We haven't done one of these in a while. In fact, I think we've only done this one other time. We're gonna play "F Mary Kill." This time, with Christmas tree cakes, gingerbread people, and eggnog. Matt, you look like you you look <laughs> like you have it ready. I,
1: I actually did give some thought to this. So, um, kill eggnog because really who drinks that for fun um <laughs> <laughs> sorry um f gingerbread cookies cuz you like some of that instant spice <laughs> um and then merry christmas tree cakes so you can have them all the time
0: so <laughs> I am also marrying Christmas Chew Cakes also (laughs) so I can have them (laughs) year-round. I am going to kill gingerbread people. Um, They are just the sad victim in all this. And I'm going to F eggnog. Because it's thick and rich. (laughs) (laughs) Tabula,
2: Not Seth here. Uh, Just letting (laughs)
0: everybody know that he thought of that, I think, last night and kept giggling into him, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had no idea what the context was.
2: So, I am also going to kill gingerbread people because I don't like gingerbread. It's gross. Um and I'm also reading a book right now where there's an animated gingerbread person. So now all I can think about is them being alive and then it gives me the heaps. <laughs> um, I am going to F eggnog as well. But it's just because sometimes when I, I'm already drunk, I F with eggnog. Like...
0: <laughs> boozy eggnog or regular? Oh. What?
2: <laughs> what do you mean regular? <laughs> Was that
0: a real question?
2: Regular eggnog is boozy. I've literally never had non-boozy eggnog. Okay, fair. And I'm going to marry Christmas tree cakes because, like you said, you can have them all year round. Even though we can't find them in Springfield for some reason. Oh, everybody because eat? I buy them. Yeah. We live in a Christmas tree cake desert. <laughs> it's the it's ridiculous.
0: So, Lydia, um, is Little Debbie's Christmas tree cakes going to be in a polyamorous relationship <laughs> with all of us? <laughs> It's like Sister Wives oh my Christmas tree cakes.
2: Now I'm just picturing a Christmas tree cake with Cody Brown from Sister Wives Hair. <laughs> Ew, a hairy Christmas tree
3: cake. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so, because I was going to mirror you and Tabitha and, yes, yeah, say that I was going to marry them and F the eggnog and kill the gingerbread people, because apparently, yeah, we're all the same person in this scenario.
0: <laughs> oh, this is fantastic.
3: So uh, when are we uh, getting together to plan out the murder of all these gingerbread people? It's <laughs> a good question. I think
0: we would need to make the gingerbread people first.
3: I mean, I do have to make cookies next week, so. There you go.
2: I'm going to bring the boozy eggnog. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So where are we going to find Christmas tree cakes? Not Springfield.
0: (laughs) Well, planning on this inevitability that everybody would want to marry the Christmas tree cake, I do have a surprise for everybody. Matt, if you'd like to open up the foil, (laughs) I would just take this piece and pull it back. Hold on. Don't drop it.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Oh. Oh, Oh, my God.
3: It's
2: a giant
1: Christmas tree cake. I was off today, so I made a giant Christmas tree cake. Evan, you're my hero. Yeah.
2: I go. think I just got broken up with for Evan. <laughs> 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 we were in a polyamorous relationship, but now we're on wife swap. <laughs> I was about to say,
0: is he breaking up with you for the Christmas tree cake or for not Seth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
3: Tabitha, and Lydia.
0: So, one last thought before we move on to the rest of the show. I had this vision. So, do you guys know the T-Swift uh, Christmas song, Christmas Tree Farm? No. Yeah. Of course you
3: don't, Lydia. Because <laughs> uh, I have taste. <laughs> Fair.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, like I want to create a video for that. But instead of like actual Christmas trees, it's all little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. <laughs> I think they'd be funny.
2: I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help eat the
3: Christmas tree cakes after you're done.
0: <laughs> Here we go. It's so, all Matt. Teamwork. All right, <clears throat> so we've got a couple of deep dives to talk about this week. Um, I've got one. Tabitha has one, um, and obviously, I mean, interject when when you want to. Um, just because, like, especially mine. Like Tabitha's. Yours is weird too, but um, mine is just whew, filled with drama. <laughs> so story time. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm calling this first segment, um, a tale of two comic shops. So a couple weeks ago, uh, comic shop owner, Glenn O'Leary, uh, posted a video to his YouTube page called the comic book palace. Uh, it's episode 42 of the comic book palace reborn, uh, which from what I can tell, it's a series about just like the typical day to day life of Glenn, his store and his customers a clip from the episode went viral where he criticized uh, today's comic creators. So this is the full clip. Uh, I'm not going to play it because I'm lazy, but um, he said, quote, most of these writers don't have the love of comics that these older writers had all that and all they care about is how can I put myself into the book? Uh, But we don't care what, uh, what we don't care about what you would do. If you were Iron Man, we don't care who you are. You're writing Tony Stark You're not writing yourself in a book. If that's the case, write your own comic with you in it. No one would read it because nobody cares. Uh, People grew up loving Peter Parker, Miles Morales, loving Captain America. Uh, We don't need you to put your input in it. Uh, Just write Steve Rogers. Don't write, what would Steve Rogers be if I were Steve Rogers? That's not how it works. Uh, But that's not how most of these new people write nowadays. That's why most of the stuff is shit. Uh, we don't care about what you do, or what you would do, uh, because we don't care about your life whatsoever. Just write a book, get paid for what you're supposed to be doing, and make it a good story. So, this got some not great responses. <laughs> um, especially from comic creators. A uh, couple of the ones that uh, that I saw. Uh, Donnie Cates said, quote... Don't you hate? Uh, don't you guys hate how when you go into a hardware store, how the guy behind the counter always tells you how much hammers suck? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jamal Eigel said, uh, "Quote: He's going to be real shocked about how all comics have been written and how writing in general works. His business is dying because he refuses to change with the times." Uh, some comic creators have been coming to his defense, though. Uh, Gail Simone. Uh, said, quote, this is a tiny clip of a much longer vi- uh, video. This gentleman uh, has had his store for 30 years. My hat is off to him, and I have watched his videos, and they're good fun. Um Mark Miller also had Glenn as a guest on his own YouTube page. Um, this same episode, Mark called people who are trying to cancel Glenn, and just like others in general, <gasps> cancel pigs. Um That is a different story for a different day. <laughs> um... Glenn has also found some support with, uh, comics gate or comics gate adjacent media, uh, pages like thinking critical and clownfish TV are singing his praises saying it's the same thing they've been saying for years now. They've also said, uh, that this is what's causing comic book stores to close and the industry as a whole to die. Uh, reading Glenn's quote though, like he doesn't go quite that far. Um, you know he he doesn't go into how this is being becoming like a terrible you know that how terrible this is for business. He's just saying these stories are not good. So over the last couple of days, I've been listening to a lot of these videos, um, and it's going to mess up my YouTube algorithm for probably a little bit. Uh, for what it's worth, Clownfish TV did say in one of their videos that they aren't affiliated with Com- Comicsgate. However, if it looks like a duck and says sexist slash homophobic things like a duck, well. <laughs> but going back to like the crux of the message, uh, I'm not mad at Glenn O'Leary. I don't fault him. Um, I don't necessarily agree with what he said. Uh, I think that there are plenty of writers uh, who do care about comics um i follow a lot of uh comic creators on social media who basically like they they live and breathe the industry uh, and also like and, and matt i'm sure that you can kind of like attest to this like show me a writer comics or otherwise who has never quote unquote put themselves in a story
1: it's by nature what you do like you the majority of the time it's unintentional but when you are building characters,
3: you're going to aspect you know.
1: right, and aspects of your own personality are going to show up in those characters, regardless of whether you try to or not. And it's not always, it's not always the positive aspects. It's not always the negative aspects. Sometimes they are foils for those personality traits, and it just. You have to do that either with yourself or with other people you know to make those characters realistic and relatable.
3: I think part of it and something that I kind of agree with, with with what I think he's trying to get across is some of these comics nowadays are taking characters that have been around for years and trying to turn them on their head. Rather than doing that, I feel like people should be trying to come up with New characters. Don't try to go back and change something that's been established for this long. Come up with something new and make a new character. Make a new comic series. Let that be what it was and don't continue to try to rehash it. It doesn't need to have 20 million iterations.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that and that is a valid point. Um, And that is kind of like what, you know, my next point. That brings me to my next point. Um, I don't think that and granted, I will say with full, you know, full faith, Glenn Leary does know more about the comics business as far as like selling <laughs> than I do. I have not had a comic book store for thirty years. Um, <laughs> but I do think that there's more to the state of comics right now, other than just, you know, replacing a white Captain America with a black one, or mm. with making, you know, the the son of Cal L bisexual. Um But, you know, like, there are other factors at play. Like, I, you know, you guys can clearly see. I will always be the type of person who will prefer a physical comic book over a digital one. Um, But it's, that's where we're going as a society. You know, I, even in the last few months, I've found myself reading more digital comics. uh, And that's even aside from what we review weekly. I mean, it's just, it's where we're going. Um, Also, you know, it's not lost on me that, you know, collecting trade versions of uh, trade paperback versions of a story arc or an omnibus or whatever. Uh, It takes up way less space and is cheaper in the long run. You know, Um,
1: go ahead with what you're saying. There, there are two things and there's a lot of things at play here, but two things in particular, one, Mitch, you and you will attest to this too. Like having read comics long enough you know, my dad knows, we know, that that, that, that it's cyclical. Like the, the the comics boom of the nineties has faded. Like obviously that was you know, I don't want to say thirty years ago. I was, it was about to say, please ago, don't say thirty um. years <laughs> ago. But like Guys, like, guys, when I was right, junior high high school, like was 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 another peak of the comic books industry. Um, you know, golden age, silver age, like they don't like those ages don't happen because it's just a consistent flat line of oh my god, everything's amazing. We're just going to keep peaking. Like that's not how anything works whether it's movies, TV, comics, anything. They're ebbs and flows. Right now, I would say yes that the comics industry as a whole Is on a downward slope. Is that a good thing? Is it going to die because of it? Probably not. It's been around since the 30s. Um, But I don't think that these writers tweaking the characters is what's killing it. I think it's a matter of, like you said, trade paperbacks, omnibus editions. Right now, we are absolutely a society of binge. A binge society, all of it now, then nothing. So yeah, individual issues are going to be a lot harder sell right now because everybody's going to wait for that six issue trade paperback, read all read that story and then wait for the next one, which yes, does suck for the comic book stores because people aren't buying those individual issues. But that's also part of, like I said, where society is right now. I just I I don't know. I I I see some of what he says,
3: but he's blaming the wrong thing.
1: Correct. The other thing too is that um you have to have writers come into these characters and bring something different or new sometimes because if everybody writes the same Captain America story since he was introduced in 1940 whatever, like Captain America has nowhere to go. He's fighting Red Skull every day. And at some point, that gets old, that gets boring. And then you really do kill the industry because you're not doing anything new. You're not introducing anything different. You're not pulling anybody new in because it's the same old story.
0: Yeah. So, I did say that this is a tale of two comic book stores. So, I'm not... 100% 100% for sure that these are related however the timing sure is right for this so on December 8th a woman named Maggie uh, took to threads Maggie's uh, thread handle is at vegan superkick. she says quote if you're a comic store owner and you can't stay in modern comics because there's not enough big beefy men in them anymore you can literally just sell back issues of Conan I promise <laughs> <laughs> don't even give give distributors the order the decision is right there <laughs> so there was one reply that it, it fortunately it's now deleted in fact i'm pretty sure the uh, the person just deleted their account altogether oh. but this one resonated with maggie it said quote sounds li- sounds like a white woman with a vegan in her name all right Speaking on yet another issue they know nothing about, or maybe you do know all about owning a comic book store or buying and selling comics and how these white uh, savior progressive women, excuse me, how these white savior progressive women written books uh, just don't sell in between being canceled constantly, um, leaving people's livelihoods and shambles and their business shuttered. But please continue. Oh, and continue, Maggie did.
3: Good for Maggie.
0: <laughs> she says, quote, Hi, Jason. I'm a co-owner of Toy Vomit, a successful collectible store with a great team of around 10 employees that focuses on pre-loved collections and, you guessed it, old comics. <laughs> Come by anytime you want to talk about the industry. Uh, she also <laughs> posted, like, I think, like, three different pictures of her in the store.
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: It just... While again, like I'm not a huge fan of her initial um, post because, again, like I felt like I felt like she wasn't getting at the crux of what Glenn was complaining about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, kind of, sorta, but you know, whatever. Um, but this this clapback was just oh, it was chef's kiss. <laughs> I loved every second of that. So.
1: Any final thoughts on on this deep dive? No. I mean, this is one you could just continue to pick apart for for hours. But I think we've done a yeah pretty decent job.
0: Yeah. And ain't nobody got time for that. No. So, Tabitha, you're on the diving board now. Let's <sighs>
1: talk about
0: Kate Crane.
2: I remember that time? Like... Last week or the week before, that we talked about how Goodreads was like, we're going to try to fix the problem that we have with review bombing. Wah, wah. Just kidding. <laughs> well, not just kidding. They're trying to fix it, but not working. No. Not when you do it this way. Not when you do it this <laughs> way. Okay. So Kate Corain, who was supposed to be a debut fantasy author, uh, basically created a bunch of fake accounts on Goodreads to uh, give her book a bunch of really good reviews while giving a bunch of other books that are releasing at the same time or as a similar time as her book, uh, one star reviews. So she originally had a two book deal with Penguin Random House and it got leaked by a book talk person that they had found evidence online of her review bombing. Um, Originally, she tried to be like, "No, it wasn't me," um, and said that there was a made like a friend, and she was like, "Oh, my friend did that, trying to help me out. I'm so sorry. I can't believe she would do this to me. She was just trying to be a good friend." No, sure, Jan. Right, <laughs> sure, Jan. Um, just kidding, because it got leaked again, and someone found out that she was in fact the person behind this. Flash forward to her issuing an apology stating a struggle with depression and substance abuse saying that she suffered a psychological breakdown and created half a dozen fake accounts that left positive ratings on her novel and bombed the ratings of several other debut authors. So on Monday, this all happened like over the weekend, on Monday of this week, uh, her agent tweeted that she is no longer representing the author. On Tuesday... Delray Books, who was the imprint that was handling her two book deal, confirmed it would no longer be publishing her debut novel um, or any other works that were listed in that contract. The following day, someone noticed on Amazon that the review date for the published date for this book was then 2027. So people started tweeting at the publisher and they were like, what do you mean? Like you said that it wasn't being honored in 20, 20- like, and so if you looked at their original stuff, it just said that it wouldn't be honored in 2024. And they have since decided that it's not going to be offered at all. Um, part of the problem here is the fact that most of the authors that had books coming out at the same time as Kate Coran, who is a white woman, um, were by... BIPOC authors like almost every single one of them black indigenous people of color have a hard hard time in the publishing industry it is absolutely ridiculous they get almost no marketing it's been a trend for years it doesn't matter what publishing house you're talking about It is problematic and they have been trying to do better this is why they're trying to do better uh, because we run into situations like this where they get review bombed it's typically just not by other authors that are debuting at the same time as they are um this has been an absolutely wild wild ride of a week i have been elbow deep in this drama <clears throat> for like five days i finally brought it up to matt and i was like oh my gosh we need to talk about this and he had no idea what he was talking about so i got him caught up shock uh, i was clueless. Right? got him caught up and uh simp oh <laughs> <laughs> sweetie um uh, uh I finally got him caught up. I've been talking to my friends about this. Like, this is just, this is insane. Like, her substance abuse problem that she says she had or the psychological break that she had, there's been no evidence of that supported anywhere in her social medias, which are now all deleted. Like, like how, A, how dare you? And B, like, why you have to be a gross human. A, 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 additionally to all this, the main character in her upcoming book... Is a person of color.
0: Oh, how cute.
2: Yeah. So I highly So rec- that's why
0: she ma- thought it was okay.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend getting on the internet and just looking up the uh, yeah. list of people that were harmed by these one review. Yep one star review bombs on goodreads and try to find a book by them um there's pretty comprehensive lists floating around the internet of all the books that she one star review bombed um this took some serious prior proper planning on her part and to think that she just did this on a whim because she was drunk is absolutely unheard of I
1: mean, at least she didn't pretend she was dead for five years and then go, oops, no, I'm not. Just
2: kidding. I like to forget that that woman existed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She did.
3: I also just love the irony of the fact that, yes, let's write a book about a person of color and then actually, like, you know, shit on real life people of color that are trying to make their way in an industry just like you are. That's just some great hypocrisy there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just the idea that, like, okay, like, if you're gonna make a bunch of fake accounts and like give yourself five star reviews, like okay, fine, that's that's shady, but um, but yeah, so like if it stopped there, I'd be like whatever. But the fact that yeah, you're you're doing this and take take the fact that these you know that these are people of color like out of the equation. These are still people who are I'm assuming all up-and-coming authors like her. It's not like she's review-bombing Stephen King, which, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, it's it's one of those situations where you want to lift up the other people with you. You know, like, that's... That's how I would want to do it, in a, in a perfect world. Yes. When one person succeeds, we all succeed.
1: There is... It, it's not a constant discussion. Um... But it pops up every once in a while, especially when issues like this show up um, in and amongst the writing community online um, as far as how to handle reviews of your own and handle reviews of other authors. Um, I know a few authors online that actually refuse to rate other authors books on things like Goodreads or Amazon. Like if you pass it off to them and say, Hey, will you read this? Will you blurb it? They will do that, but they're not going to give a starred review on Goodreads. Um, Not that they don't want to promote them. Like they will share when your book goes on sale, they will share all of your social media posts. Um, but, but it's a matter of, um, like, towing that line so that you're not playing favoritism, you're not belittling other people. Um, so, I don't know. That, that's a debate that kind of happens, like, internally. But, like, a, as an author themselves, too, that's part of the discussion is that you don't, you don't read your own reviews. Because it's just going to get you into hot water.
0: Fun time to be a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we are we done with deep dives? Yeah. Okay. Dry ourselves off. Don't like that.
2: No. <laughs> no. You've already gotten eight shaves today pre-show. Can you yeah. just keep it under ten for the day?
3: We'll try. <clears throat> that means no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, um, so I guess in that case, let's go ahead and open up the poll list. What's on our poll list this week? We've got three books to talk about this week. Um, the first one is Blondie Against the Odds. Uh, it's out now from Z2, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, with art by John McCrae. Uh, so the oral history of the legendary band Blondie is mixed with artistic interpretations of some of their classic hits. Um, also showing how the band had to kind of fight their way to prominence. Um, I'm not the target market for this comic. Um, I have i don't know that I could name you five Blondie songs. So uh, I am sure that especially some of the interpretations of some of their hits... Uh, I feel like that would have been a lot better suited for people who are fans of the band um so all that said um I really like i'm not I'm not completely finished with this book I'm about halfway through but from what I can tell so far it's like the the oral history um I, I really enjoyed the way that it was done um it was very much like. You know, if we're looking at some of the uh, band members' childhoods, you know, like, they're still talking as if they're adults, you know, and, like, talking about their upbringing (laughs) or whatever. Um, I'm describing it very poorly, but um, Amanda Connor, and Jimmy Palladmiotti, like, they did a really good job with that. Um, Some of the other, uh, like, interpretations of their songs, some of them were... They would, like... uh, How do I want to put this? They would put like the lyrics, but against art. Whereas there were others that basically wrote a short comic that was based off of the song, which I thought was really cool as well. Um, Yeah, again, if if I had been a fan of Blondie, I'd been like, oh my God, this is awesome. I think if you're a fan of Blondie, you'll probably think it's awesome next up is rick and morty presents rick in a box uh, it's out now from oni press written by rafer roberts with art by xander cannon uh rick and morty come back from an adventure but need to spend time in a sealed organ chamber to return to normal with rick not able to inflict chaos on the world we see a utopia until jerry messes it up um tabitha what'd you think
2: uh some of my favorite rick and morty plot lines involve jerry messing things up so (laughs) uh this was fun for me um i sometimes the rick and morty ones feel kind of repetitive this one actually felt kind of fresh and like this the plot line felt a little more new it like wasn't the same plot line that i kind of felt like we were reading there for a while like kind of over and over and over um Summer had some very great one liners in this one, and Summer will forever be my favorite Rick and Morty character because she <laughs> is so dumb, but so smart all at the same time. Um, again, these are just like watching episodes of the show. I'm never going to have a terrible thing to say about a Rick and Morty comic. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this, especially like once I kind of picked up on what was happening and like the world was becoming a better place mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and the moment where we see where Jerry messed up i'm not going to spoil it but i was just like that's so funny it's <laughs> so funny um this yeah, kind of like what you said i mean i've i've watched a handful of rick and morty episodes throughout the years uh but every time that we, we read one of these i just i enjoy every second of it matt what would you think
1: um i think i I didn't get all the way through this, so I think I kind of missed where it was going and missed the point. Um, Because the first half to me seemed, I guess, a little flat. Um, Not 2D, just flat. Um, (laughs) But maybe it's because I I, I didn't get to the point to kind of explain why everything and how everything was happening. Um, But early on, it just seemed to be missing some of the... The punch of of standard Rick and Morty, um, it was it was nice that it was a little bit different spin. So it wasn't just a disaster of an adventure for the two of them. Last book we're
0: going to talk about is um, did we decide on Micah? Mika? Mika, Mika. I will always have a fifty fifty chance at that name and will always get it wrong. So Mika and the Gurgler. Uh, it's out now from Oni Press, written by Agata Loth-Ignasiuk, Ign- with art by Berenica Kolomika. So Mika is a young explorer who must face the gurgler, a.k.a. the washing machine, when her stuffed frog gets trapped in there. Can she do it with the help of her other friends? Lydia, what'd you think?
3: I thought this was cute, say the whole adventure of trying to save the frog, which I thought was cute, because let's save the semi-aquatic animal from the water, (laughs) but that's the mindset that children have, so just the whole little adventure of trying to save the frog from the washing machine is just adorable, and the art style is simplistic, and I could definitely see sitting down with the two older kids and flipping through the pages of this and giggling about it, so.
0: Yeah, agreed. The art with this... Agreed about the art, not agreed about, like, flipping through the pages with your kids. That'd be kind of (laughs) weird.
3: I mean, they're very friendly. They'd probably just, like, crawl up next to you and be like, Hey, look at this!
0: Yeah, fair. (laughs) Um, But, the art style, i like... The art style matched the tone and the theme of this book perfectly um yeah it's it's a very cute simple story um yeah i didn't even think about the fact that it was a frog and how you know the frog probably would have been okay (laughs) 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 but yeah i just i loved the kind of sense of adventure almost had like almost had like a rugrats feel to it you know Mm -hmm. that that kind of thing Uh, Matt, what'd you think?
1: This is really pretty much 100% something that would probably happen to most little kids. Um, You know, the loss of a toy, finding out where it is, the shenanigans that ensue in order to try and get said toy back, um, and the disaster left in Mika's wake, and mom is just left to deal with the cleanup, and Mika's like... Everything's okay. Frog is fine, and that's like <laughs>
3: yeah, like that's like
1: that. That's that's kids pretty much to a T in a lot of cases. So, um, it it hit a lot of things very realistically. Um, I I did enjoy the art style. I also really loved um Mika wearing that tiger costume mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, kind of reminds me of the nine-year-old in his Charmander costume that he wears constantly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tabitha, what about you?
2: Okay. (laughs) Here I come with my Spock brain. All right. So, do you remember that time that they changed the entirety of a scene in Lilo and Stitch to make sure Lilo did not play in the washing machine? (laughs) Because they were like, oh, rethinking that that's dangerous kids are locking themselves in washing machines and dying (laughs) that's all i could think about i was like oh my god is she gonna get i didn't really realize this was a kid's book i was like what dark shit is this (laughs) This kid's gonna get in here and die and then they're gonna go on an adventure but it's actually just purgatory like that's what i thought was happening i was like oh my god she's gonna get in there and she's gonna die and then we're gonna follow her death adventure that's what i was expecting to happen the entire time I was reading this until I got to the end and I was like, oh, okay. Spock brain, don't let your kids play near a washing machine Thank you. <laughs> PSA, don't put it in movies and graphic novels for children because they're going to be like, ooh, washing machine. And they're going to get in there and they're going to die. Okay, bye. No. <laughs> Not going to
3: lie, it's probably a miracle that I never got like, dried because I mm-hmm. would take a blanket and crawl in the dryer and just sit there and read. hmm <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> two things. One, while I wouldn't want the story to be about a small child, um I love the idea of that story. <laughs> like make it make it an older person, like I don't know, like young like I don't know, 18 to 25 or whatever and for some reason ends up in a similar situation. I'm here for it.
3: See, I feel <laughs> like that age group with a washer or a dryer tends to go like a very different direction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I will say when the I step was a burglar. Eho. Where's my bell? <sighs> I'm gonna go wash my fingers out. <laughs> <laughs> um do you guys remember the, like, Tumblr days of, like, t- 2006 through 2013 where people were, like, taking, like, aesthetic photos in laundromats?
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay.
2: Like, that's all I can picture someone in that age group doing is, like, trying to take, like, a aesthetic, I'm in this dryer with my emo hair photo. And then somebody being like, oh, throw my blanket in, <laughs> close the door, <laughs> turn it on, there goes your emo hair. There's your
0: yeah. plot. Would, would read that. Would read that.
2: Comment. Matt, write okay. Mitch a story. All right. Merry
0: Christmas to <laughs> you. Hey. Um, the second thing. So when I lived with the cats and we had a washer dryer like in our house, whenever I would do laundry, I would always... <laughs> so it started off, before I could start the dryer, I had to make sure that I knew where the cats were, aka I could see the cats, <laughs> so sometimes it would even be like I would go upstairs, and I see two pairs of eyes, I, two, I see two pairs of eyes, I can start. Eventually, I got over that part of it, but I would still inspect that dryer very carefully <laughs> before I started it, because that was the last thing I needed, was to open up a thing of dried clothes, and a dry cat. <laughs> it's the opposite of a wop, by the way.
3: Oh my.
2: And there's Ted Shay. Turn off his mic, please. <laughs> Mine doesn't have an auto switch. Yours so didn't you even pick
0: up those words. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go to gut reaction.
3: Ow! Gut reaction.
0: So, we're going to start tonight with actually a little bit of fault news. Um, hey, Matt. Hey, what? Remember when <laughs> we tried to do that, like, other podcast with, with, with <laughs> yeah. booze and stuff? Yeah.
1: So. It was a good time for three episodes. Yeah.
0: Which, third episode, coming soon. <laughs>
1: um,
0: if we ever pick that up, um, we should probably look into this. So, Vault is teaming up with Buckle Down Brewing to release Barbaric Blood Red Ale. Uh, according to Buckle Down's Joe Jung, uh, Barbaric Blood Red Ale uh, starts with authentic pale ale malt for a bready backbone complemented by the robust spiciness of rye malt. Uh, Chinhook hops le- uh, lend a subtle hint of pine aromatics. Uh, barbaric Blood Red Ale uh, will be released on December 15th, exclusively in four packs at Chicagoland Binnie's, uh and in draft at Buckle Down's Tap Room. Uh, giant thumbs up for this. A, because it's barbaric related. B, because that beer sounds effing amazing. And C, I actually have a chance to get this. Uh, tap them.
2: I don't know how I feel about the beer like you you had me until you said pine aromatics and now i'm just thinking about chewing a tree and so now i'm nervous but thumbs up to everything else
1: Matt i think this is wonderful i actually saw vault's post on facebook with this um realized there may be a chance to acquire this mm-hmm. um like the logo on the can looks fun the beer sounds good um i do love a red ale so i'm here for that um which of course barbaric the only thing you could do would be a red um i don't know i i love this this is a great team up um and i don't know this is ever a team up that i thought would actually happen um but i'm here for it thumbs up
0: yep. and vault if you're listening i don't know maybe sponsor an episode of comic sans drinks where we Review Barbaric and drink this blood red ale. Oh, my God. And have to, thought.
3: And have two guests so we can try the beer, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: <laughs> Lydia.
3: Yeah, thumbs up. This sounds like a lot of fun, and yeah, I'm always down for a good red ale.
0: Matt, let's talk about um, some Hasbro layoffs.
1: Uh, so, we've talked a number of times in the past year about some of the issues that Hasbro and Wizard of the Coast have had um, recently. Um, those issues are continuing. And, um, eh, you know, right before Christmas, some of those employees are not getting good news. Um, about 1,100 employees are being let go. Um, in order to quote unquote, keep Hasbro healthy. Um, So they're not sharing the breakdowns or geography or teams um, or the individual employees. um, But basically they announced a decision on the 11th. Um, They're trying to stay ahead of let lower profits. Um, But needless to say um, they've already axed 800 people in January of this year. Um, fast forward 11 months and 1100 more Hasbro employees are no longer going to be employed. Um, Hasbro just has to figure out something because this is just continuing to go poorly for them. Um, I hate that this is happening now. I hate that this is a decision they had to make, um, I get that at the end of the day, it's a business decision, but it still sucks. I feel like you should at least wait until after Christmas, so thumbs down for that plan.
0: Lydia?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't really have anything to add, but thumbs down.
0: Yeah, thumbs down. Way to be a Scourge. Tabitha?
2: Yeah, what terrible timing. Thumbs down.
0: Tabitha, let's talk about Superman Legacy.
2: So, I don't really have anything important to say about Superman Legacy. The only thing that I want to talk about is some casting news that came out um, and I'm unsure how I feel uh, Nicholas Holt who arguably I love to death um, is going to be playing Lex Luthor uh, James Gunn released uh, yes I can find. I can finally I can answer Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy and I couldn't be happier uh, we went out to dinner last night to discuss how we can create a Lex that will be different from anything you've seen before and you will never forget So, I love the character of Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is arguably my favorite thing about Superman. Um, Nicholas Holt, and maybe it's because in my brain he's kind of typecast as, like, kind of goofy and charming and the comedic relief in a lot of situations. Like, boy next door vibes, kind of just, you know, off the wall, says random things, and is very awkward and uncomfortable. None of those words that I just used what I also use to describe Lex Luthor in any iteration that we've ever seen Lex Luthor. So I'm, while I don't like the fact that in my brain I've typecast Lex Luthor or pardon me, I've typecast Nicholas Holt. I have also got a vision in my head for Lex Luthor that Nicholas Holt just does not meet. So I am apprehensive to see how this is um, and how this goes. I'm going to go with a solid thumb sideways until I see actual footage.
0: Matt
1: while i do have to agree with you as far as the kind of typical character that he seems to play um i also feel like nicholas holt has played some off the wall roles um i mean he was in one of the mad max movies he was beast in an iteration of x-men um so he has the acting chops to play a bunch of different roles so I'm going to go tentatively thumbs up just based on his skill set Lydia
3: yeah I agree with both of you I think he does kind of get typecast a lot but I feel like he has the ability to break out of that typecasting so I am tentatively excited to see what he can do with this but I would want to see more before I would give an actual thumbs up so I'm going to go thumbs sideways
0: yeah um, I know the name Nicholas Holt. I'm sure that I have seen multiple movies with Nicholas Holt in them. He, as of at least right now, has not been memorable enough for me to be like, oh yeah, that's who that person is. I mean, yeah, sure, I yeah. But, um, but yeah. so Tabitha, you make good points. James Gunn also, like, with his other you know, whether it be Marvel or the suicide squad um, has done a fantastic job in terms of, you know, helping to cast these movies. He's done a really good job, at least on paper with the other casting announcements for Superman legacy. Um, I think that, I think that Nicholas Holt is probably good for the job. Um, But you know, sure. I can, I, I can share your concerns. So I'll go thumb sideways. Matt, let's talk about Eyes of Wakanda. Uh,
1: so as popular as Black Panther is, um, at this point, we don't know when we're getting a Black Panther 3, but we will be getting an animated Black Panther show on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's going to be titled Eyes of Wakanda. Um, and all we know really at this point is that it will arrive sometime in 2024, um, along with X-Men 97 and Spider-Man freshman year. Um, there's literally nothing else to it other than the announcement of that. Um, I don't know. This is definitely a good property for them to pick to expand upon. Um, as far as plot characters, casting animation style, that's all left to be seen. Um, I, I don't feel like Disney Plus is do overdoing it with the animated like they did with the uh, live action, so I'm gonna I'm gonna again give it a thumbs up um, on the hope that they've, again, they've picked a good property um, and that they are are gonna do it justice. Lydia?
3: Just because I'm probably not going to sit down and watch it, I'm gonna go with them sideways, but I do like that they chose this to kind of expand upon yeah Uh, i'm also going thumb
0: sideways i love the idea of this but disney plus is just whether it's disney or whether it's marvel whoever's you know really behind it it's like y'all pump the brakes (laughs) just a smidge tap
2: yeah, mm-hmm. animated live action or whatever. I still feel like they've kind of oversaturated us with Marvel products. I am, however, glad this is Black Panther because I feel like we've gotten so much of everything else mm-hmm. that it's 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 nice to see this coming out, um, animated live action or otherwise. I feel like also Black Panther, if they were to do live action, would be very expensive based on like mm-hmm. the tech and things that would be required. So doing this in an animated style is probably very, very, very helpful fiscally for Disney, (laughs) so thumbs up to that.
0: Uh, Matt, we're going to stay with you and X-Force number 50.
1: Um, So I'm going to bring up the story. I'm going to pass this around so everybody can see this because you you really have to see the cover um, for this issue. Um, John Cassidy is doing the art. um, This is coming in March of 2024. They've already shown us the cover uh, for X-Force number 50. It is Beast uh or Hank McCoy taking on Wolverine. Um and the cover's been released and the internet is kind of up in arms. Um let's just say <laughs> yep the art for be the art one the art on the cover one doesn't match John Cassidy's classic style in other things that he's done. Um and it also seems even though it's a cart even though it's the comic is very cartoonish and um, the, oh, the, uh, what do you call it? The proportions are kind of off for the characters.
2: Can I ask uh, why Beast looks like King Kong? Don't know. <laughs> okay.
1: Don't know. Um, but there are a lot of people chiming in all over the internet on this cover and basically kind of wondering how um he got the gig for this when um other people who do uh objectively better um g- cannot get big time work with Marvel and DC so um i'm going to give thumbs down to this cover cuz it does it looks it looks bad um and i am almost hoping that it's like a like a variant.
0: Lydia. So
3: this thing my 8-year-old nephew draws better than this. Like what why are Wolverine's arms so short and why yeah why does <laughs> Beast look like yeah I'm so confused as to why this is the cover they chose to go with. And I don't like it. It makes me uncomfy, so thumbs down.
0: Yeah, thumbs down. Um, Beast is serving ugly sonic vibes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't really. I was so distracted by Beast I didn't really realize how bad Wolverine looked until Lydia said something about the arms. Why is his torso so long? Like the <laughs> His proportions are so wrong. It's like the cover of uh, Ready Player One where his leg was six (laughs) miles long, but the opposite problem. Like, this just looks, this looks bad. And the coloring also looks like it was done in Microsoft Paint. Like, it does not look good.
1: Oh, I'd miss that one. There was one comment that goes, "Uh, it's the feel-good cover of the year. Gives the rest of us average artists real hope.
2: (laughs) Oh wow! Zing. Woo!
1: hadn't seen that one before now sorry
2: (laughs) yeah i'm giving the whole thing a thumbs down i'm just i'm uncomfortable with that that art and i don't want to see (laughs) any (laughs) more all
0: right so i'm going to apologize to lydia and tabitha uh the next three stories are doctor who related
3: so So can we just like sit this one out or what (laughs) i mean i'll still ask if
0: you have opinions
2: Oh, so I still have to listen?
0: Yeah, sorry. It's
2: fine. <laughs> so, I'm just going to disassociate. <laughs> Same.
0: <laughs> so brand new Doctor Who, uh, Shudie Gatwa, took to Instagram shortly after his first episode, uh, The Giggle, premiered and talked about how he manifested becoming the Doctor back in 2021. Uh, Shudi showed a text to a- uh, to his agents that read, I'd love to play either Willy Wonka or Doctor Who just in case either of you have a magic wand. One of his agents replied, this is good to know, especially for Dr. Who (laughs) giving this a thumbs up. um, This is so wonderful. It's so, you know, good. (laughs) It's, it's always heartwarming to see like people cast in like these kind of like iconic roles, uh, who were fans of the show who, you know, will do the role justice, um. yeah I just I love this and way to shoot your ch- way to shoot your shot shooty Tabitha
2: say that five times <laughs> fast <laughs> I couldn't um, say it one time slow <laughs> this this is a cute story so even though I wasn't super paying attention at least I understood enough to know it was adorable so thumbs up
1: Matt Uh, so his agent didn't have a magic wand but he did have a sonic screwdriver yeah um... <laughs> yeah I agree with you that I really enjoy when actors find a character or a role that they really would love to do um, because they're a fan of it, and then get to take on that role. I think that's wonderful. Thumbs up.
3: Yeah, I'm all for people getting to play roles that they have dreamed about. So thumbs up.
0: So, Shudi's manifestation of becoming the next Doctor also led to him getting in trouble for the first time in his life, according to the actor. Uh, Talking to Radio Times, he said, The only time I've ever gotten in trouble for anything was when I swore while wearing a Doctor Who costume. (laughs) Uh, Producer Russell T. Davies called Shooty into his office and told him, Do what you want when you're out of costume, but when you're in costume, do not let us catch you swearing. Um shooty's former role in sex education may be partially to blame for this Uh, he said for the last four years i've been co-leading an x-rated show and so i'm on a constant journey of learning what it is to be a pg role model and the lead of a family show still giving this a thumbs up um shooty if you're listening i know you're a longtime fan of the show um i would have probably ended up doing the same thing if I was ever cast as Doctor Who like I I just would um, and I can't fault Russell for wanting to you know ensure that the character of the Doctor regardless of who is playing that character um, ensuring that the Doctor is still like a wholesome being Tabitha
2: I was disassociating thumbs up <laughs> <laughs>
0: To the story or to you disassociating?
2: Both. (laughs) Matt. Uh,
1: The only thing I'm not giving this a thumbs up. The only thing I'm not giving a thumbs up to in this story is believing that this is the only time he's ever gotten in trouble. (laughs) I don't buy that. I I don't buy that. Uh, Even as a Time Lord, you would have gotten in trouble at least before now. Uh, But otherwise, thumbs up. Lydia. Lydia.
3: Yeah, I also kind of zoned out during part of the story. But, I mean, who doesn't accidentally slip up and, you know, curse when they're supposed to be doing a job and get yelled at? So, thumbs up.
0: It sounds like it came from a personal place place there, Lydia.
3: (laughs) I mean, I only get yelled at when there's customers around. (laughs) Other than that, the entire store is just, you know, F-bombs everywhere. So, um, a new
0: doctor typically means a new sonic screwdriver to match and shooty's screwdriver has been released uh, for all intents and purposes if, if you haven't seen it yet it kind of looks like a remote control uh, it has a few non-literal bells and whistles uh, including a connector that will allow it to link to other devices uh, shooty's screwdriver also has gallifrey and symbols that translate to a rwandan proverb the sharpness of the tongue always defeats the sharpness of the warrior. Also, in case you didn't know, Shudi was born in Rwanda. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways. Uh, love that the fact that they added that proverb to it. I'm not super sold on the design of the Sonic Screwdriver. I think, uh, I think it'll grow on me. I think I will come to love it, but I don't know about just yet. Tabitha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thumbs up yes no Thumb sideways uh, I, I don't know enough about Doctor Who or his sonic screwdriver to make any kind of judgment but if Mitch doesn't 100% love it straight out of the gate maybe it's not that great so thumb sideways
0: Matt
1: I have to agree with you as far as the inclusion of the proverb um, I think that's that's fantastic it's wonderful that itself is unique the design for this sonic screwdriver is also absolutely unique um, I don't know. Every doctor has their own Sonic screwdriver with slight variations. This one is a large um variation, um, diversion. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Um Deviation? Deviation. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. Um I kind of want to see how it comes into play during the season before I pass final judgment. So I am also going to go thumb sideways.
0: Lydia.
3: So fancy way of saying the pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you guys still seem a little skeptical. So thumb sideways, I guess.
0: Um, last handful of stories. Let's try to go through these kind of quickly. Uh, Matt, let's talk about the Fortnite festival.
1: Um, I, I I I this just gets weirder and weirder. Honestly, um, my two kids love Fortnite. They play all the time, but everything's always a damn update. Um, and now they've updated and included Guitar Hero in Fortnite. Um, it's not it's not Guitar Hero, but it's this Fortnite festival where four members get to play in a band. One is singing, one is drums, one is guitar, one is bass. And while right now there is not a controller shaped like a guitar for Fortnite, um, supposedly it's coming probably as early as January. Um, Just stick to what you're freaking good at. Like, let Fortnite be Fortnite and let Guitar Hero be Guitar Hero. Um, They've already added Legos and like Rocket League Racing and God knows what else to Fortnite. Just, I don't know you can you can be you could do what you're good at and not try and take over everybody else's ideas so thumbs down Lydia
3: Yeah, I agree thumbs down like stay in your lane. Yeah. I'm going thumb
0: well, no, I'm going to go thumb sideways on this. I don't understand it, but at the same time I am not Fortnite's target market. Tabitha
2: as someone who has to live in a house with the children who get mad when these updates take 14 hours, I'm, gonna go <laughs> huge, take <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go. When they take a fortnight? Literally. I'm going to go huge thumbs down. <laughs> um,
0: Tabitha, let's talk about Harry Potter.
2: So, someone had all my dreams come true. Um, a first edition Harry Potter book was found in a bargain bucket and sold for $55,000. From the bargain bucket? From the bargain bucket. No. They bought it in the bargain bucket for okay. $10. All right.
1: I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah that's not a bargain. Not no, a... They bought
2: it in the bargain bucket. Wow. For $10. <laughs> say that's ridiculous. Really no, wait. Hold on. They bought it in the bargain bucket for... <laughs> I'm just All right, gonna... show off. <laughs>
1: say it one more Mitch time. Mitch
2: couldn't say something five times slow, so whatever.
1: Rude. So... <laughs> True, though.
2: Uh, it was published in 1997. Uh, the name of this person has not been found, but she found it floating around. It was one of 200 copies distributed to shops uh, and was originally sold for $10. I apologize. Um, It was in very decent condition and it sold for $55,104. I'm giving her a thumbs up. Good for you, boo-boo. This is my dream, though. It's like I'm going to be at a bookstore, and I'm going to pick up a copy of Alice in Wonderland, and I'm going to open it, and it's going to have Lewis Carroll's signature in it, and I'm be like, oh my god, how much is this? And the bookseller is going to tell me it's $2, and then I'm never going to have to work again. Um, <laughs> so she's living my dream, so thumbs up for her.
0: Plot twist. That signature was forged. Matt.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, thumbs up for finding a bargain and turning it into some real cash um i think that's every every dream going into a used bookstore um but uh you never really think it's gonna happen but thumbs up lydia
3: yeah thumbs up for her because that was an amazing find and i wish that was me because i could use that right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah thumbs up um way to go also it's kind of nice that like jk rowling didn't see any of those royalties (laughs)
2: Oh. <laughs> ah, praise.
0: Yeah. Um, Matt, let's talk about uh, The Walking Dead Betrayal.
1: Uh, this game, I, I'm just going to use the, the phrase that's in this article. Um, this game was dead on arrival. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was uh, Walking Dead Betrayal released uh, less than three months ago, and it is already being shut down and pulled off of Steam. Um, so I'm, it's lost its steam? Yeah, it's lost all its steam. This zombie is absolutely dead. Um
2: quick kicking your dead horse. Tell us a story. <laughs>
0: it's a zombie horse now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um it the game is so bad. The reviews are so bad. There's so many bugs. Um because
0: they- of the dead horse?
3: Oh my god. <laughs> Do you need somewhere else to stay tonight to have the- a body bag would be great
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the horse. <laughs>
3: I knew he was going to say that.
1: Needless to say, um, within a couple of days, this game will no longer be available on steam. Uh, when that's done, when it's pulled from the service, you, those that bought it or downloaded, it won't be able to play it either. Um, this is not the first walking dead game. This has happened to you. I think this is the second one. Um, just let sleeping zombies lie. Thumbs down.
2: Jesus Christ. Lydia.
3: I hope that they give the people that spent money on it a refund if they're going to pull it like that after it being up for only a short time. But at the risk of adding to all these endless death puns, I feel like Walking Dead has stopped walking a long time ago. So maybe you should just, you know, let it die. Thumbs down.
0: (laughs) Nay. Thumbs down. Tabitha. <laughs> Sound like the Salvation Army over here.
2: Hold on to that. Uh, thumbs down to everything, Mitch included.
3: You realize this is because you challenged him earlier.
2: It's because I let him get away with it for so long. <laughs>
0: Okay. So, I don't know about you guys, but like I didn't know that Matt Rife was even a person until <laughs> earlier this year. <laughs> I no wish one I still did. Didn't. Yeah. So, since then, he's gotten in some hot water over his recent Netflix special uh where he made jokes about domestic violence and mocked women who are into crystals and astrology. I haven't seen the special yet, so I really can't judge his jokes one way or the other. But one of the jokes, he says, I am so tired of you ladies blaming your poor decision-making skills on planets that don't even know you. Uh, it has nothing to do with the stars, man. Just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't doesn't mean that, you are, that you're that you supposed to look up, uh, doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to look up to for magical advice. So I can't believe I'm about to say this popular TikToker Bunny Hedaya um, has a six-year-old son who she says is quote, really into space. Uh, apparently after this bit went viral, uh, she got tagged in the videos, which led to her posting the clip along with her son's reaction uh, to TikTok and Instagram. Uh, in the reaction, the kid says, actually, it's Saturn that has the rings, before adding, and you're mean to girls. <laughs> Rife commented on the post on Instagram, saying uh, Jupiter also has a ring. Oh, and Santa Claus isn't real. Your mom buys you presents with the money she makes on OnlyFans. Good luck. Uh, For what it's worth, Bunny says she doesn't even post her body online. I'm giving a thumbs down to everyone involved in this story, except for that poor child. Um, people are blasting Matt Reif for picking a fight with a six-year-old, um, but it's the poor six-year-old's mom who brought this kid into this in the first place, and, okay, I don't know, I don't know Bunny from Brenda, and I definitely, I definitely don't know this kid at all. However... I broke down but it's fine. <laughs> um, however, when I hear that a six year old is really into space, I don't think that the kid that the six year old knows anything about what Mars being in retrograde or whatever the Frick people are talking about these days. No, they're excited about you know, just the planets in general and facts about the planets and you know, whatever. So this kid, I'm assuming, doesn't know anything about astrology, doesn't know anything about what Matt Reif is talking about here, um, and has no business being involved in this conversation. I feel so bad for this kid. Tabitha.
2: Yeah, I really don't have anything to add. I When I saw this originally, uh, I saw the comment from the child. Uh, I'll, I agree, I just felt bad for the kid. Like, why are you bringing your six-year-old into TikTok drama? Like, that's rude. You're six-year-old doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be here you're just doing it for the likes um as far as matt rife he can get bent like he's just every time he opens his mouth i get the ick and like everybody was like oohing and awing over him and trying to go to his shows because he's attractive and it's like Not. women are like 90 percent of your dedicated fan base and now you're going to be misogynistic as hell like you probably should rethink that and also am i looking at a different man he he looks like herman munster's (laughs) ugly cousin like i don't get it so i have a lot of thumbs downs if i had more thumbs they'd be further down thumbs down
1: matt not (laughs) Rife. thank god i don't ever want to be associated with this jackass um when he first started to go viral i ended up with some reels and tiktoks um of his jokes um He's really not that funny and his jokes aren't that smart, um, which says a lot about the rest of him. Um, this whole thing, like I, I do, I feel bad for the six year old kid who got drugged into this, um, but thumbs down for everybody. But this poor kid who's just a, a nerd about space. Lydia
3: yeah same I didn't know who Matt Reif was until earlier this year when he started showing up on my reels and he annoys me every single freaking time he pops up on Facebook now because he's just a rude jackass like you said and the fact that this mom decided to pull her kid into this just for views pisses me off I feel bad for this kid your kid should not be on social media thumbs down to every single one of you
0: Matt, you've got a follow up about Cosmics.
1: I do. So, not everybody loves it, mostly because. um, Yes, that was a McDonald's joke. Don't be mad
2: at me. I'm not mad at you. I'm rolling my eyes at the population of the room.
1: Supposedly, they were. I do. (laughs) Supposedly, Cosmics was prepared for this, but they were not um people are cutting people off in line the wait is two plus hours for some of these drinks um the people were lining up as of 3 30 a.m on thursday when this thing opened on friday i believe uh, no it opened at 6 a.m uh thursday december 7th people were in line as of 3 30 a.m that morning which is really only two and a half hours which people lined up earlier for black friday stuff but either way um like they said they were ready they were not um it turned into awful lines some poor service which was supposed to be the crux of this whole thing um i don't know just mcdonald's should know better have a better plan in place for stuff like this thumbs down to them lydia
3: yeah, thumbs down. Like <laughs> they've had years to perfect this. What did you expect?
0: I'm giving a giving a thumb sideways to this. Um, yeah, they probably should have foreseen this a little bit better, especially with the whole Sheswan sauce debacle. Um, but at the same time, like people are weird, man. Like they, yeah, I'm I'm sure that they were prepared, but they just weren't prepared for how crazy some of these people would be. Tabitha.
2: You can make McDonald's as bougie as you want. Your clientele still going to be the same.
0: <laughs> True. Tabitha, let's drink some Doritos.
2: I really Ew. would like to not do that. Um, but you can. Uh, Doritos is getting a <sighs> custom spirit. We'll just say that. Um, it is a... <sighs> Oh my god, I can't. Ugh. Every time I look at this, I almost want to gag. Um, nacho cheese flavored booze. Um
0: that why you're playing Xbox with your sound controller?
3: Why does that have to keep bidding, Murata? Ha
2: Thank you, Seth. So, yeah, so Tabitha, keep on talking about
0: the Doritos <laughs> alcoholic beverage.
2: Um, I hate you so much. The spirit's flavor opens with umami and tangy aromas of nacho cheese, moving to the deeper corn-forward flavors of the chip to finish on a soft, salty note. <laughs> Since it's a flavored spirit and not a specific category of liquor... Doritos does recommend mixing it with a tequila or mezcal to make a Bloody Mary or a margarita. It can also be sipped neat or over ice. What? Oh. <laughs> Nothing
1: about that says sip.
2: Um, it costs $65 for a 750 milliliter bottle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: what? What? Uh. $65? Mhm.
2: Mhm. For 750 milliliters. No! Uh, for nacho cheese flavored spirit to make a bloody mary which or a margarita which no one should ever do that.
1: This is also described as if Doritos were prepared by a sommelier and that's weird.
2: I just I don't I, like that. I can't I can't get over finish on a soft salty note i can't
1: get past the corn <laughs> forward so you're gonna give it a thumbs up or
2: i'm th- gonna go giant thumbs down
1: mm-hmm. uh Matt. this is also a thumbs down especially for 65 dollars maybe if this was like a 9.99 bottle you could find at walmart maybe we'd be stupid enough to try it around here but we not, would be we're not for that <laughs> price <know>. and lydia <laughs>
3: Yeah, this is disgusting. I I've had a feeling that somebody was going to try to go Bloody Mary with it, but even at that point, like, just, just no. Blech.
0: All right. And to sort of <laughs> Mitch. <estimate>, unfortunately. <laughs> I was ready to give this at least a thumb sideways, but you lost me at that price point. If it was, I'd even go as high as $20. If it was like $20 somewhere, I've spent $20 on stupider things just to try this.
2: I did forget to tell you guys something. Oh, no. This may change your opinion.
0: Probably I doubt not.
1: It.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to retain the flavor of Doritos chips. Oh, God. They ran the essence of Doritos through a vacuum distillation process to preserve more of the Doritos flavor compared to traditional booze making. So the reason for the $65 price tag is for this super fancy distillation process to retain in- more Dorito flavor versus it tasting just like alcohol with Dorito dust <laughs> uh, in it. Because Ode- that's what o- I'm expecting.
1: Oh, de Dorito. Uh.
0: Okay. So a margarita with this like a crushed Dorito rim? Nope. No.
2: Okay, so what I originally thought was why can't I just, if I wanted a flavor like this, can I not just infuse my own cheap booze with Doritos and try it? So example, buy a cheap bottle of Kirkland's vodka, Mm -hmm. take a coffee filter, fill it full of crushed Doritos, let it steep for like a week, and try it. Same thing. Yeah.
1: Not $65.
2: Not even close.
1: So,
0: this really probably should have been the last story. (laughs) But we've got one more story. It's not nearly as weird, but it is as stupid. (laughs) So, earlier this month, uh, a Facebook post went viral that claimed iPhone users would be able to give Siri a command that would result in financial aid. Um, It said, if you have an iPhone... Say 112 to Siri, and you'll be given a crisis loan that you don't have to pay back. Don't believe it? Don't believe me? Try it yourself. Uh, The post received more than 80 shares in two days, uh, leading to thousands of posts on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok encouraging iPhone users to make the command. Plot twist. Doing this does not give you financial aid. (laughs) In fact... Many countries use 112 to call emergency services. Oh, God. Um, saying this to an iPhone will prompt the device to call 911 in three seconds if you don't cancel it. I shouldn't have to tell you, but don't make false 911 calls because while it differs from state to state, uh, there can and will be penalties. Uh, in Illinois, doing so could land jail time, fines, and or community service, uh, depending on the severity of it. Look, if you were dumb enough to fall for this, you probably shouldn't have a smartphone. You probably shouldn't have a Facebook either. Um, yeah, nothing is like this is definitely one of those if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> If you're dumb enough to fall for this, boy, I got a Nigerian prince that's got a bathroom full of money for you. (laughs) Sweet.
3: Also, why would you not, like, Google search this first? Because I'm not just going to tell... Siri to do something without knowing for sure what's going to happen, especially if it involves money, because I don't trust that I'm not going to have to pay it back.
2: I barely right. feel comfortable asking Siri what the weather is. My phone <laughs> can be sitting two feet from me, and I'm still talking to Google.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is just. I kind of want to meet somebody who fell for this and be like, what, "What? What? 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 What were you thinking?"
3: That's the problem. They weren't.
0: They weren't. But I'm just saying, you don't hear about Samsung owners being dumb like this.
2: I don't really have a comeback. I can't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> My phone doesn't confuse me. That's really all I care about. And I'm not stupid enough to be confused by something like this. But. Yeah
0: so all right um we've been here a while guys and we started early to end early and
2: also you literally made us sit here and look at this cake for like an hour and a half so okay rude goodbye bye
0: That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com.
3: It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thegeekawakenspodcast or on Twitter at geekawakens.
1: Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats.
2: Our logo was designed by Shay McCain.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.
0: We're boldly gone.